Hey, this is Kari Payton. I'm Cyborg from Teen Titans and Injustice and Injustice 2. And Ezekiel from The Walking Dead. And you're listening to The Night Nerd. So keep listening. Also, booyah! Because I'm schizophrenic. If you do not open the gate for me to come in, I shall smash the door and shatter the bolt. I shall smash the doorposts and overturn the doors. I shall raise up the dead, and they shall eat the living, and the dead shall outnumber the living." That's from the Epic of Gilgamesh, circa 2100 BC. Hey everybody, welcome to The Night Nerd. I'm your host Lance, and we are going to talk zombies for the entire month of October to stay in the, the spooky season, the spooky feel. I thought we would do a fun little series of Is It a Zombie? We have some really cool guests lined up this month and some fun things to talk about, and I really think you're going to enjoy it. But before we look at if other things are zombies, you know, what is a zombie? That's the question we're going to try and answer today and, and figure it out. So by the book, the definition is a zombie is a mythological undead corporeal revenant created through the reanimation of a corpse. Okay, I think we can all get on board with that, right? Like, the, it's the undead, the, the living dead, you know, whatever you want to call it, but it's a reanimated corpse, okay? Keep that in mind, because that's going to be something that I'll be coming back to a lot over the next couple of weeks and, and trying to figure out. When it comes to creating zombies, there's two main schools of thought or, or ways to do it. Um, you have the Haitian way of voodoo or magic, and you have like the sci-fi way where it's through blood carriers or radiation or you know parasites, um, maybe even a mental disorder or something like that. Those are the two biggest ways, the two most common ways that you're going to see zombies formed throughout uh, entertainment. You know, whether it's music, movies, video games, books, comics, whatever. But let's let's kind of break that down a little bit more. You know, the Haitian beliefs. Um, it, it goes back to Bokers, and Boker is a witch that's kind of like a, a a witch for hire. You know, they're a loose cannon. They'll they'll do good magic or bad magic, whatever you pay them to do. You know, they don't really have a moral compass. They just do whatever, and it is believed that they are the ones responsible for zombies. You know, also in Haitian belief, they believe uh, in soul dualism. So what that means is that your body has two souls. And this, I found this really interesting, but it's your body has a soul that is confined to the physical and one that is astral. So they, you know, inhabit two different parts of you uh, at the same time. It's the astral zombie can be bottled up, like captured. Um, think of it like catching a fart in a jar is kind of the way, but, but it's for good luck. So, you know, they, they believe that you can take the spiritual form of a person and put it in a jar. Now, these, they have expiration dates on them. They're only good for a few years, and then the soul is returned and can uh, move on to the next 
stage, you know, whatever that may be. Now, they also believe that a person can be saved from being a zombie by feeding them salt. Yeah, I know. Think about, like, anytime you salt something, you're keeping yourself from becoming a zombie. You're helping yourself become zombie-proof by adding salt. So, you know, next time somebody complains about the seasoning, just be like, hey, I'm trying to save your afterlife here. But the another big place where you saw that society and that culture really pushed this zombie life because, you know, if you're undead, like I said, you can't move on, is during slavery. The Haitians and a lot of other cultures would use the legend of zombies to discourage suicide. You know, to, um, because obviously it was horrible conditions, uh, despite what the state of Florida is trying to tell you right now. It was horrible conditions for the people of the time, and suicide was a common thing there. So, you know, they... Now, researching, it's a little muddled whether it was like how much of it was Haitians and how much it was owners, you know, not wanting to lose product, basically, you know, which is a horrible way to describe people, but that's how they saw it. Um, but it was also, you know, the people wanting to protect and, and keep their families around and to, you know, make sure that they lived eternally, happily ever after. So the you saw the zombie lore become a lot more prevalent during that that time um and, and to this day you know haitian culture takes zombies and zombism seriously you know it's in their laws they have criminal code 246-1864 is straight up it's illegal to turn someone into a zombie so think about that like it is illegal in haiti to turn someone into a zombie you're gonna go to jail you're gonna pay fines and somebody's gonna be a zombie. That's a that's a lose lose situation, if if I ever heard of one. So, if you're ever in Haiti, don't don't do that. Um, it's yeah. But how else can people become zombies? You know, a lot of people have studied Haitian culture and a lot of people outside of Haiti because it's a very I don't want to say mysticized. Um, or romanticized even. We'll get into that later this this month. But, you know, they kind of play their cards close and they don't share a lot of their secrets and tactics. But going back as far as like 1937, we had people from the outside of Haiti studying them and trying to figure out what's going on. You had Zora Neale Hurston who was researching Haitian folklore and trying to get to the bottom of zombies. And she found a lady who claimed to have died 30 years earlier in 1907 and after kind of doing some research and talking, she was like, I think this one was just on some psychoactive drugs. That, that's what it is. Uh, fast forward to 1983, Harvard ethnobotanist Wade Davis claimed that a living person can be turned into a zombie by two special powders when introduced into their bloodstream. Now, these powders um, are, are strange. Like, the powder strike is a tetrodotoxin, like from the pufferfish which I always think of the Stimmy Tax episode of Sea Lab 2021. Uh, go watch it. It's it's great. And then there's uh, delirient drugs, which are heavy hallucinogens like Datura, also known as Devil's Trumpet or Moonflower. 
So with these toxins, with these drugs, it puts you in like a trance-like, a death-like state that can make you seem like you're a zombie. Now, in his research, he also found that sometimes they'll use, uh, and this is pretty intense, so sorry, uh, but they would use the powder from the brain of a recently buried child. So they would dig up the child and grind up the brain and put that in there too. Um, obviously, or not surprisingly, a lot of people have dismissed his claims and his findings that it just doesn't, the, 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 no way that can happen. Um, I, I don't think they like actually did a test and poisoned people to see if it would have happened. But, you know. Uh, and you also had like Artie Lang, not the comedian RT, but like the letter R, the letter D, Lang, that suggested it was schizophrenia. Because before we have the understanding of mental health that we do now, you know, and we're still not complete there, but we understand it now way better than we did 50, 60, 100 years ago or and more. So, you know, if people were suffered from schizophrenia and things like that, it could be interpreted as zombification, the way they change their actions and mannerisms and, and stuff. And then Roland Littlewood, 1997, uh, credited a lot to homeless people and mental illness. You know, we've seen, I think we've kind of come to the point where we realize the struggle and the the pain and stuff that homeless people especially those with mental illnesses are going through you know used to people would make fun of it in movies and stuff and before that like you just didn't talk about it but he realized you know this is something that could happen i mean there was even a case of somebody who claimed that this person was their dead brother but he was like no this is just a homeless guy and in this you know there's something that they didn't hit on a lot in the articles and things i read is you also have to think of the mental state of the people seeing the zombie. You know, the grief from losing a loved one, the the sadness and loss that they have. So they're going to be more open to believing. They're going to want that to see that person again. So you know, if it doesn't look quite like them, well, they you know they were dead for a while. They they were buried for a while. Like it, you're going to change appearance, and that. You know, I, I think there's a lot to be, be said there. But what about here, like in America? How have we viewed and treated zombies? You know, uh, it came from the Haitian culture, obviously. But if you, if you go back in English, zombie was first recorded in 1819 in a book about the history of Brazil. That's the, the first time you can find the English word zombie. Now, the Oxford Dictionary listed as a Central African word, like uh, based on the Congo words Nzambi and Nzambi. Nzambi means God, and Nzambi means fetish. Now, before you start giggling, it's okay because I didn't know this either, but fetish is an object believed to have supernatural powers. So that's, they kind of put those together, and that's where the word zombie came from. Um, the author W.B. Seabrooks wrote a book called The Magic Island in 1929 that studied Haitian voodoo cults and studied their practices. And again, that's where we really got a big 
influx. Um, and you saw over the next few years, like just zombie, zombie, zombie. You know, Americans were real good, real bad, however you want to look at it, about that kind of stuff. Like when we find something new and cool, we latch onto it. Like, uh, you know, when coffee came around back in the day or when, you know, Starbucks started or whatever, you know, they'll, they'll blow it up. I mean, in 1932, just a few years later, you had a movie called White Zombie which is where Rob Zombie got his group's name from. And that movie is about um, a magician who has these mindless henchmen that are zombies. So a little different. They're kind of under a magic spell. So, you know, that kind of plays a little bit into the voodoo aspect of it and stuff. Um, And then in 1954, you, you had Richard Matheson's book, I Am Legend, which has been remade into... Uh, a few movies, including Will Smith's I Am Legend, and then also Charlton Heston's Omega Man. And it's kind of a weird blend of zombies and vampires and, and things like that, um, which would kind of keep it going. And then, of course, you have George Romero's classic Night of the Living Dead in 1968, but they never use the word zombie in that film. And that film also really opened the floodgates for using zombies as a stand-in, as a metaphor for uh, a subclass or a a specific class of people. I don't want to say subclass, but a class of persons who are alienated or um, abused or, you know, something like that. Like, you're able to use the zombie for social commentary after that movie. But... The zombies never really had another big boom for decades. It really wasn't until you jump, you fast forward to the mid 90s when video games were really taking off. You know, your mid 90s, you have um, like the Sega Saturn, Sega Dreamcast, PS1, PS2, Nintendo 64, all of those. You get games like Resident Evil, House of the Dead, all these games that really put zombies back in the public spotlight. And I feel like since then, they haven't really left, you know, that, because then you had your Resident Evil movies, and you had, like, the Walking Dead comics, and the Walking Dead series, and then um, all the other of the Living Dead shows, and Marvel Zombies, um, remember Marvel Zombies, though, that's going to come back later this month, and they helped keep zombies in the public eye, I mean, even now, still, but... As with most stories, you know, they they change and they do stuff. And so you had, in the 2010s, you really started seeing zombies romanticized or humanized with movies like Warm Bodies or the TV series based on the comic, iZombie. Even Disney got in the game and made Disney Zombies, which is basically a high school musical, but with zombies. So, you know, we were seeing zombies as real people. um, But they were still able to be that stand-in for what you needed them to be, you know, so that that's something that is timeless with them, I think, that, that you can see. Um, zombies have become so part, so, so uh, just woven into our cultural stuff now, like you see them everywhere, even the U.S. military and the CDC came up with CONOP 8888, back in 2011 
And what this is, this is a program used by the U.S. government to train for a zombie invasion. The reason that they did this, the reason they introduced a zombie invasion scenario is because, you know, now they don't have to pull like a Red Dawn or something like, oh, it's the Russians, oh, it's the Koreans, oh, it's the uh, Saudis, whoever. That way, you know, in case we ever become friends with these people or not friends or whatever, they, it just looks better. You know, it's not... It's not like we're intentionally targeting uh, a certain culture or location and stuff. It's, it's zombies. And that gets everybody into it. Around the same time, the CDC also came out with How to Survive a, a Zombie Apocalypse, which all it was doing was reiterating the normal rules for survival, like how much water you need to have on hand, how much food you need to have on hand, what you need to do in case of this type of emergency, but skinned as a zombie invasion so people paid more attention people thought it was cool and they even ended up making a, a video game out of it and it was you know I, I think it's smart uh, I think it here you're using zombies as a stand-in for education you know the the versatility of the zombie is is great because they can be so many things you know whether they're magic or they're sci-fi and then you get into different types, you know, there's fast zombies, slow zombies, talking zombies, you know, there, there's so many subgenres of zombies that they, I think that's why they've latched on so well, is you can tell different stories and different things with them. Um, but that may be a topic and a discussion better suited and better saved for somebody who does tell stories about zombies. So tune in next week as we have a very special guest, Fred Van Lint of Marvel Zombies fame, um, Archer and Armstrong, so many other great series, is going to join us as we look at whether or not mummies are zombies. We're going to talk the differences there. But otherwise, that's going to do it for us today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, concerns, feel free to hit me up on all social media platforms at the night nerd you can email me nightnerd at the nightnerd.com but otherwise that does it for me we'll see you next time